There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This segment of Cabin Country is brought to you by Horseshoe Plug. That satisfying chaw you might share with Granddad. Horseshoe. You'll be hard-pressed to find a more pleasing wad. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee, and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydstead, and I'm Fudd Klugman with another Woodland Escape. Welcome back to Cabin Country, friends. This is Bjorn Lloydstead, joined tonight by Fudd Klugman. Howdy, folks. How are you, sir? Doing quite well. Here we are on the 1st of March, Fudd. Yeah, March 1, and it, 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 it did feel today like winter may end someday. It is it is entirely possible. I don't it's know 40 when. 40 degrees for the second day running, Mike. 40 degrees. Your street's clear, my street's clear. And just two yeah. days ago, it was white. Right. Packed snow. Which doesn't mean that it's not going to be white again. Oh, I think it will be. It better be. Within I've got, days. I've still got gas in the, in the <laughs> snowblowers. Sorry. I mean, come on. Yeah. But uh, the truth. If, if it would be a wonderful, wonderful thing if I had to go in and drain the, the tank by hand. Or, oh, or, or yeah. refill it with stable and say, until next year. You know? Yes. I would not mind. Good riddance, snowblower. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, that's all right, though. The, the sun was shining. and Well, I'm wondering now, Fudd... You've, you've, you've many a season up on the gull mm-hmm. at various times of the year. What, what do you suppose the ice is like on the river right now? Here we are, March 1st. I'm going to guess a couple pretty warm days up there. I mean, what, what do you suppose is happening with the gull river? Well, my dad just recently spoke to our neighbor, Rick, up sure. there. Sure, yeah. Uh, and, he, and well, I should say that he prefaced it by saying, well, we're not going to the cabin too soon or anytime soon because... Rick called me and told me there's like four feet of snow. Oh my! Okay. On uh, uh, right on the property, and sure. uh, you can't get in, and uh, in the woods, you know, where it doesn't see as quite as much sunlight. Yes. So, I think the north, you know, cabin country up north has been hit harder with snow. I believe you are correct, sir. More, more deeper snow, indeed, up there. So we're just going to have to be. Pay- I mean, it is only March first, and 
there's going to be a good couple of months before we're... Right. Well, ironically enough, just last Saturday, you and I were on the road and getting ready to talk with... Yeah, Grandmaster Flash Fisherman Greg. Yeah, uh, on his on his palatial estate on Malax, off Appledorn's Resort, and he called us and said, "Wow, we just with that wind and that snow, mm-hmm. combo platter, uh, ice roads are blocked, and some of the houses had moved and moved in the night. We're going to have to wait." Board. And then the crazy irony of, and in two weeks from now, they're pulling the houses off because the ice starts to melt. So there we are right now. I was just wondering if we're getting that honeycomb effect on the river ice out there or not, but four feet of snow on the property, probably not yet. Probably, probably not. not. Yet. Yeah. I'm sure for a while yet there's still plenty of the, snow, at the, least to, or ice to work to walk on. Booming of the ice breaking up. Right. The mighty mighty gull. But uh, not quite yet. So Well we've been spoiled down here in the Twin Cities. This we have. Beautiful weather. I know it's supposed to cool off a little bit. I even talked to earlier tonight with you about him maybe driving into work tomorrow through freezing rain but uh, yeah that's the shoulder season you know here we are that's that that time of year and, and the, the days are getting longer won't be long till summer comes now that the boys are back uh, sorry that's that <laughs> thin lizzie <laughs> reference I, my mistake i apologize but uh yeah no i uh, i'm ready I'm, I'm ready to go I, i'm already seeing in my mind the fire ring yeah the chairs the 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 radio shows, the whistle indeed. of the train. Yes, indeed. With more knowledge from my Uncle Joe. Absolutely. About you bet. Listen to that electronic horn. Oh, man. Echoing down the river. It's beautiful. Let's see if he's giving an, another engineer the, the love note. The love note. <laughs> love the, note. The, the, the yeah. Short blast, long blast. Yeah. What did he call it? That's an FU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now... That's an nephew. Well, okay, all right. Uh, Florida University? What do you mean? Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, Friends Unlimited? So. What, what, where are you going here? Yeah, but, uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Great conversation with your Uncle Joe. It was a lot of fun. I hope people enjoyed it. Cause, uh, yeah. Great, great talk. But uh, on, you know, on that wavelength, Fudd, we are lucky enough tonight to be joined in studio, courtesy the wonders of Zoom. Good old Zoom. Uh, we were joined by local and national uh, TV personalities, uh, podcasting personality, radio personality, and cookbook author, Stephanie Hansen. Stephanie, Stephanie Hansen. Hansen. Can, can you give us some of the backdrop here on, for the six of us out there who aren't yet familiar with Stephanie Hansen? <laughs> pretty well known, but maybe you can, maybe you can give well, us the... Well, as you said, she's just kind of ever-present. She's a blogger, broadcaster, podcaster, and she contributes a couple times a month to a local television show called the Jason, Jason show TV right, show right you know with cooking recipes and so forth you know so she's right. she's kind of a cabin country foodie indeed nothing as she, as you'll find out she says not too fancy but right you can follow her on Instagram of course or or, or find her on on the web or on the online stephaniesdish.com and and in the podcast find out what she's all about Minnesota, Minnesota makers yes and I've listened to several. It's fascinating. It's really entertaining. I meant to ask her tonight more about some of the the mix makers, you know? Oh, or yeah. The, the gluten-free chefs she was talking to. Yeah. And we just kind of ran out of time. She's a busy person. And, right. And the, the dust never settles. That's true. <laughs> she's, That's true. She's here. She's there. She's everywhere. She's... Uh, and a, and a multimedia talent. So that was super cool. And we're going to bring that to you tonight. That's a really fun interview. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm envious. She's... You know, owns with her family an island in Burnside Lake. 
Right. Oh my gosh, Ely. That's, wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. I, I can't imagine how cool that must be. Unbelievable. Right. Well, speaking of her podcast, Minnesota Makers, it was one of those podcasts in which she interviewed our friend Larry Sickman. Right. Lake Supply Co. Yes, indeed. And uh, I think I listened to that over the last summer and thought, well, we should reach out to Stephanie. Yes. And, and I, at the time, I have to admit, I don't know who she is. I guess I don't watch, <laughs> I don't read enough blogs or. Watch enough TV. Too yeah. busy in the bow of the tracker, yeah, trying to re- readjust your, your black worm. Dude. I would have liked to have asked her how much sleep she gets a night, because <laughs> she seems like one of those four-hours tops. I'm too busy. i got yeah, things to do. There's things happening. But uh, anyway, she, she carved out some time to hang with us for a while, and it was, right. it was, it was a delight. So it was. It was. Why don't we take a listen to that interview? I love it. Let's, uh, let's, go. let's go live with Stephanie Hanson. Now, Stephanie, did it kind of all start with cooking for you? Like um, your website says that it all started in 2005. Uh, yeah, my radio partner, Stephanie March, writes for Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Okay. There we go. Yes. And we started the show, Weekly Dish, in, gosh, I guess it's 13 years now that we've wow. been doing the radio show. And it started because I actually had like a Monday through Friday, one to three show, and I got fired. Well, actually, oh. I didn't get fired. My radio partner got fired. <laughs> okay. All right. Just to and clarify. that happens, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the business. These things happen, yes. So they were like, well, what do you want to do? Because we don't really want to fire you, too, but Good we problem. don't really have anything for you to do. So at that time, the Food Network was kind of becoming a thing, sure. and yeah. I was watching a lot of cooking TV and I said, well, how about I do a, a radio show about food on Saturdays? Hmm. So they said yes, and I recruited my friend Stephanie March. And the two of us have been doing that show. We're going every Saturday, going on our 13th year. A uh, c- couple years back when podcasting became a thing, they made it a podcast. So a lot of people listen now through the podcast, which is great. Because if you weren't in Minneapolis and couldn't listen from 9 to 11, you can now listen anywhere, any time of the day. Absolutely. All day long, if you'd like. I, yes. I think I heard three straight hours of you last night, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. And you're you're also a frequent guest on the Jason TV show, which is a local Minneapolis show. Now, Jason also has a radio show. Is that right? He does, and that's the kind of funny story. So Jason's radio show is in Morning Drive, but mm-hmm. in, in the day... I got fired so he could get the job. Oh, <laughs> so oh well. We started off with very kind of tentative beginnings. <laughs> I, I knew he was a good broadcaster and I, you know, was happy for him, but he got me fired. So wow. we started off with a little bit of auspicious beginnings, but <laughs> over time we became kind of friendly and then he started the Jason show, and I would do fill-in work for him in the morning drive segment. No one else at the radio station wants to get up at four in the morning, but sure. I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he started, he said, well, you know, come on and do some stuff on the TV. So we started doing segments on TV. And, you know, you guys have the cabin, the cabin vibe. Yeah. People really kind of either get the Minnesota vibe or... They find it entertaining and they like to make fun of it. I'm not sure which. Yeah. yeah. I started doing segments and they got increasingly popular. Hmm. And it was something I enjoyed doing. I like teaching people how to cook. And 
I'm not a fancy cook. I'm not a trained chef. I'm just a home cook, but I really enjoy it. And it's fun to share that. So I'm on Jason's show now three times a month. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think I saw for this last Super Bowl, what it, you prepared some wings or something, didn't you? Uh, yeah, because the pandemic was a real bummer for chicken wing connoisseurs because the first year nobody was going out to any restaurants. Mm-hmm. And then the second year, it, a lot of it was takeout and chicken wings takeout style aren't always the best. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of work on helping people to understand how to make the best chicken wings at home. And in your oven or in your air fryer, as it were. Sure. Oh, right, right. Well, it seems like the two of you have a pretty good <laughs> back and forth. I, Knowing the early story, I'm like, wow, feel the electricity between, <laughs> between these two. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it, it, it was kind of fun watching you two go back and forth on the show. You know, you guys know, like, um, when you talk about radio and you talk about broadcasting, my bo- a boss told me once, she said, you know, there's always needs to be the dick and the deer. Yeah. <laughs> so there's the nice guy and the not so nice guy. And you can switch roles even on your own show. Like sure. Stephanie and I kind of go back and forth. She's the expert. I'm the eater. So it just sort of switches back and forth. But Jason is such a funny broadcaster and he's so good at it. Mm-hmm. I just be myself, but he, I think, finds me genuinely entertaining. So he picks <laughs> out weird stuff. Yeah. Oh, that seems like you're a frequent flyer. So that's outstanding. Yeah, we have a fun time. I got to ask, Stephanie, I, there's a connection here with Ely. Um, you spend quite a bit of time in Ely, or it's it was a last summer destination, or it's an every summer destination? I'm I'm on Burnside Lake just about every summer. So Okay, you, so we might be neighbors. It's possible. Yeah, I like to spend quite a bit of time at the Wise Camp du Nord, kind of on oh, the North sure. Arm Road. And uh, my kids have become part of that whole whole family, you know, and, and helping out with everything. Well, you will, you will love the True North Cabin cookbook. I can't that's wait. Coming yeah, out I'm looking forward to seeing it. September, it's coming out right after Labor Day for holiday sales for Minnesota Historical Press. And okay. it's all about, so we do have an island on Burnside Lake. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, my husband's was a, he was a camper at Camp Easton and mm-hmm. his family got enamored with the lake and bought an island. We have had the island since the 70s. So we would get in our boat at the Burnside Lodge is where our boat is parked. Yep, There's a yep. 10, a covered orange 10 slip spot. Okay. And we get in our boat, our Lund, and we travel to the island and we have a two bedroom kind of a, it's not fancy. It's kind of a, um, a very humble cabin. Mm-hmm. And we spend most of our summers there if we can. And then we started cooking and just the more time we spent up there with family and friends and the more cooking I did, we did a lot of entertaining and there was a lot of recipes that people wanted. Like, will you make this? Will you make that? (laughs) So we put those stories and sort of that cabin culture into this cookbook. Right. So yeah, we've been going up there. Well, my husband since the seventies and then my daughter started to go to camp Widgee wagon when she was 12. Yep. And she actually went on the final Arctic Thalon trip, which is you sort of get harder and harder trips throughout your time at camp. And her final trip was 45 days in the Arctic wilderness in a canoe with three other kids. And they didn't see anyone for 30 days. And coincidentally, Mm -hmm. my husband's book that he's publishing called The Barons that comes out May 6th Mm -hmm. is about that trip. 
he and my daughter co-wrote the book together. Oh, cool. Cool. So if wow. you're a, a canoeer and a lake person, yeah. you're really going to have, you're going to like both. Burnside Lake is such a special place. It really is. It really is. I it, So when she came back, she got the sash or the hat or how did it work? She it, has the sash, okay, the yeah, scarf. Absolutely. But I, we always make fun of it. We call it like her scarf. And she's like, mom, it's a sash. <laughs> yeah, no, a she difference. Has a sash. I earned this sash. It's a lovely scarf. Lovely scarf. She it wears really matches. It proudly. <laughs> well, in your in your kind of uh, prowess then as a cookbook author and a and a denizen of the Ely area, and we're both cabin goers from long, long back, um, and and we've seen some curious foods hit the table. What is, in your opinion, the quintessential cabin country meal that needs to hit the table at least once a summer? If it doesn't, something's wrong. I want my money back. <laughs> I'm oh, going to yeah. move to Iowa, whatever. There's probably more than one. There but, might be uh, several, what, what yeah. The top there three? is, and, and some of it is like we have this whole repertoire that we go through throughout the summer, and one of those dishes is barbecued ribs Okay. Mm-hmm. that my husband makes. And I can tell you, by the time we get to the end of the summer, I never want to see another barbecued rib <laughs> <laughs> until the following summer because everyone wants him to make his barbecued ribs. So that's one. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm very partial to just fried walleye in a cast iron skillet. Oh, sure. So we do that. And then uh, Janice's potato salad, which is a potato salad that is made with lime and mayonnaise. Okay. It's a little bit different. Yeah. It's got a lot of dill in it. Janice's potato salad with the red onions is also something that's on our table throughout the summer. It's going to happen. And it, would we be finding that in the uh, True North cabin uh cookbook here cabin cookbook you all right. would all you right. would and then there's also like the weird stuff you know like oh yeah but we have a recipe um for these it's a cheesy dip that has sausage in it and sure. rotel tomatoes and uh, yep cream cheese yeah, absolutely absolutely hearty sounding run some pretzels through it absolutely absolutely yeah and i uh we've kind of done a couple segments on cabin country with some of the curious uh Cooking with the parents. Cooking with the parents segments. Where <laughs> my dad had an. God rest him, man. He he loved to th- fire up the Weber kettle and put chicken on the Weber grill and then anoint it in Western dressing, <laughs> and the whole thing would start on fire and every time, you know. And it, oh, isn't that good? It's very well done, sir. You know, burnt, it's, uh, sweet. Oh man, hot and, and sweet uh, and crispy and crunchy and burnt. That's hilarious. Oh, and Western dressing too is kind of a crazy thing because. I mean, it's basically ketchup and vinegar. Right. So <laughs> yeah, right. It's, Maybe it's a little extra sugar. A, <laughs> yeah, a super strong flavor profile. But yeah, there's all those kinds of recipes that families have that they bring to the cabin. And one of the recipes that we have in there is a recipe that my grandma had for these dill crackers. Mm-hmm. And we put them out at the cocktail hour and... I thought, well, I should put that in there because everybody likes the dilly crackers. Yes. And I went and researched the recipe my grandma used, and it was, you know, a packet of ranch dressing. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't think I can put that in a cookbook. So oh, I figured out a way to cheffy them up just a little bit there so it wasn't, you know, here, pour this package of uh, crackers. Yeah, but, yeah. And cabin cooking, too, for us, you know, we do have a campfire. Mm-hmm. And we do cook, you know, Polish sausages and those kind of things down at the campfire. But we have a three-burner Weber grill, and we had a fire on the island once. So we're very, very conscious about fire, and we're very careful about our grill, and we don't use charcoal anymore. And 
just, so, you know, as the weather's changed. Right. Now, do you just camp on the island, or do you actually have a structure, a cabin? A cabin? So a, a we have room. a two-bedroom cabin. Oh, homey cabin, yes. Uh, what cabin yep, country? Was I in the bathroom or something? When she said that? I, sorry about that. <laughs> I think I, you were just basking in the glow. I, I guess Stephanie so. Yeah, wow, I was trying wow. to make, I can't yeah. believe that you have an island said, to yourself you, on Burnside. Yeah, two two-bedroom cabin, right? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then when my daughter was little and my husband was 40, he had a 40 life crisis and he started building a, we had a, we had a structure there, but it was kind of like a tent platform and like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just a little ramshackle house. Actually, it was small. Absolutely. So he redid that and made it into like a tiny home. So it's just like a 10 by 12 with the bed, a couple of um, chairs and a porch on the front. So there's that structure on the island too. Sure. And then weirdly enough, and this is a really weird story, but when we sold our, our business about five years ago, my husband reads Craigslist mm-hmm. like it's uh, the New York Times every day. <laughs> He's on Craigslist. <laughs> and we make so much fun of him because we've bought like pontoons. We've bought all of our boats. Everything we buy, we buy on Craigslist. Absolutely. But One year he was like, Hey, take a look at this listing. And I looked at it and it was for a one bedroom cabin on Burnside Lake. Oh, wow. Whoa. And we couldn't figure out where it was because we know the lake really well. And it turned out it was right across the lake from us off of the Passy Road. It's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Passy. I know. Yeah. And what happened was is a gentleman and his wife had built a one bedroom cabin on the road. And then they were friends with the neighbors that had the lake shore mm-hmm. and they got the neighbors to give them 12 feet wow. so that they could have a dock. Sure. Wow. So they were getting older and they lived in Miami and he wanted to sell it and they advertised it on Craigslist. And we were just like, oh, this is too good to be true. Right. We, we took our boat across the lake. We walked up the hill, saw the structure. We offered him cash that day. Uh-huh. It was amazing. It's this beautiful little cabin, but we winterized it and we have a garage there now and a big garden because you can't really garden on the island. So now we have like this land property on the Passy Road that we use in the winter and we use it for gardening and the garage and all of those things. Well, I suppose and too. We have the island. Yeah, if you're having more guests up, you can say, "Well, you're going to be off Passy, and we'll be on the yeah, island." Yeah, we call we'll... it Hilltop. And yeah, yeah. So it's sort of crazy uh-huh. that we have been fortunate enough to have these two spots. But yeah, it's awesome. How so now we go that? up in the winter, and you know, in the winter time, you can have a bird feeder because you can't in the summer because right. the bears come. Mm-hmm. So in the winter time, you can see wolves and there's a lot of different wildlife. We have a pine marten that actually comes out in the winter time. So it's quite beautiful. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I, I've only been to Ely in the winter twice now. And it's it's a pretty special place when it's really, really quiet and, and yeah, buried, buried in quiet. snow. There's it's unbelievable. Great cross-country trails. Oh, gosh, and, yes. the North and it's Arm. very different because the, the summer people really bring a lot of activity and hustle and bustle to the town, which mm-hmm. I personally like. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the winter, you know, a lot of the stores kind of shut down for the winter or they get real quiet. Right. And you really get a sense then of the town and who it is and the people that live there and... And I love getting up there and listening to their radio station. Oh, <laughs> W-E-L-Y like, is the absolutely best. Absolutely, driving around listening to W-E-L-Y. It's good stuff. Well, and Charles Kuralt, when he bought that station um, back in the day, it was, I guess, in the early 90s, 
you know, he was the voice and he, they still play his voice a lot. It sure. since has been bought by the Bois Fort uh, band of Ojibwe up there. Okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great station. And it's like, remember that show? Um, what was that show? Northern Exposure was yes. the name of the show. Yes. You guys well, ever yeah. watched Alaska. that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what W-E-L-Y is like. And they still have messaging. So before phones and cell phones and cell phone towers, you'd be on the island and the only communication you would have would be the payphone in town. Right. There mm. was a payphone in the lobby at Burnside Lodge. Oh, wow. So we would have to call. Like, I remember my first job, I had to call in uh, midweek to see if anything was happening at work. And I had to stand on the payphone. So in the day, the the message service was really the only way you could get communication and if you were an islander and you needed to pick someone up on the mainland who was coming to visit, you know, they'd be like, Jerry, Jerry's going to be at the dock at four o'clock. Martha <laughs> wants you to pick up a couple cans of beans and a 12 pack of beer when you pick up Jerry. Thanks. <laughs> and they'd read these messages three times a day. <laughs> oh, wow. God, that's wonderful. Oh my Right gosh. on the radio, beans and beer. All right. Yeah, so it was, and or if it was like the Polka Pal Don show was yeah. a really, the Polka show up there is still really popular. And you'd listen to the Polka show and then they would do the emergency messages. And now it's kind of a job board and happy sure. birthday. And But at the day, in the day, it was really kind of the only form of communication we had. So it was pretty funny. Oh, that's great. It is funny. That is great. Are you a... Uh, do the Ely townsfolk think of you and your husband uh, as summer people or as, oh, no, we know, we know them. They're the community. We have an author friend, Mike Lean, who writes great short stories about the Minnesota experience. And uh, he's got, a, I think, a story called Summer People and about how, <laughs> yeah. even though you can try to, hey, I'm up at my cabin three months out of the year. No, you're still a summer person. How, <laughs> right. how we you... will be summer people until we die. Yeah. <laughs> it, we just... And, and we just really, the way it is. I mean, we're more than summer people because we have the land place now, too. Right, right. But there's just something it's like they sniff you out too they know you don't live there <laughs> when you're cashing out at the at the grocery store right. now the funny yeah the funny <laughs> thing about like if you need to get work done at your cabin you know you're the summer person so there's the summer rate card right oh so it's right. a different rate card yeah you get the, you get the <laughs> one down the cities with all the money yeah, yeah. Come out exactly. and uh, work. Work on. I'll build those sections of dock for you. But you got the other one with the cash. So let's let's see it. Exactly. Huh. Uh, my my uh, lovely wife was just up there at uh, a women's retreat at Dunord, and she said, "Did you realize Zoops has just moved?" I said, "What?" She said, "The Zapanovich family yes. moved their store yes. across town into the old shop Shopko. and yeah." It's a lot bigger, and it gives them more of the meat market. And they also bought the northern um, Northland Market, which was the second grocery store in town. So we're down right. to one grocery store, but it has expanded. Okay. But you'll always there's another. They have a liquor store now too, which they didn't have before. So uh -huh. I think now there's like five liquor stores in town, which is very important. <laughs> oh, that's in a town that size and, and several bars, I. Uh, yeah, she was just saying you walk in there now, and, and you remember the old location you walked in, and it was immediately smoked meat, like just boom, right in the face, yep. just smoked meat, you know. And then my brother-in-law's favorite piece was go back to that meat counter, and they've got the free, go ahead and try the, the ham dip. Go ahead and try the uh, <laughs> the sausage dip. You know, we've got it here okay. in some Ritz crackers. And she said, the new place just doesn't have that yet. It's going to take a no. while. <laughs> and partly... 
Because the ham dip is kind of legendary. It is. And so you'd get the Ritz cracker and the ham dip, which is actually ham salad. Yes. So it's ground up ham, pickles, mustard, and mayonnaise. Okay. Right, right. And it makes like a poor man's pate, we'll call there, it. There we go. So they would serve that at this back table. And then at some point they got fancy and they started putting out nacho chips and salsa oh my gosh but it was a little spicy for some people (laughs) kind of zippy sweating and then covid happened and all the free food went away and so everybody's waiting for it to come back kind of had to it's it's unfortunate wow what what an experience though i mean for years if we were driving through ely on our way up to the north arm road the kids i mean the kids from age five through 15 well we're stopping at zoops right I mean, yeah. we have to. And the sausages are great. Oh, they have this thing called the Polish Delights, and I have a little homage to them in the book, actually. Good, good. Because they're just delicious, and they're just smoked Polish sausages that uh, Grandpa Zuhanovich was making them 70 years ago, and they still make them today. To and they right. also have, like, smoked fish and... Mm-hmm. They do their own bratwurst. So, yeah, right. it's, a, it's a really good meat market. And I'm told, too, and maybe you know this already, and I, I did not. I think it's in Gilbert. There's a pretty amazing meat market slash sausage place in Gilbert that's supposed to be There just... is, and I can't think of the name of it. Boy, I can't when either. I think about Gilbert, I think about Vi's Pizza. Okay. okay. There's a, a local bar that has Vi's Pizza. And then at some point... A really nice guy met this Minnesota lady, and they got married, and he was a big man from Jamaica, and he opened a place called The Whistling Bird. Oh, very cool. And it was in Gilbert, Minnesota, and they had the best jerk chicken and Jamaican specialties, which you wouldn't think you'd find in Gilbert, Minnesota. Not in Gilbert, no, no. Maybe Evelyn. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So it is still there. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I see Don's giving us the nod that it's time for a short break here, but don't go away. We've got more with Stephanie Hansen right after this. But if you don't mind, I, uh, I'd i like to say a few words for a moment here, if I might, for our friends at Mitt's Coffee. Oh, if yes. you don't mind, Don, we'll, we'll need some soft music here. This is a poem. In olden days, each angler had a pot of coffee on the stove. And that gentle brew would stay hot and true, whilst after trophy fish they strove. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, Fudd, I'll translate this ad copy. Mitt's Whistling Wood Duck Blend is the doggondest best coffee you've ever had in your life. Our friends at Mitt's have roasted beans to a middle-range strength that will shake off the morning fog but not make you irritable or grouchy after a second or even a third cup. <laughs> Folks, our friends at Mitt's are telling us that this is the perfect blend of Costa Rican and Tanzanian beans that will offer day-long drinkability with rich medium roast flavor and a caffeine level that won't lift the sea maid right up out of the water. And we've got it right here in a handy one-pound bag. Of course, this is a podcast, so you can't see the packaging. <laughs> but Mitz has made it possible for you to purchase Whistling Wood Duck in a five-pound bag as well. No need to run out. This is a coffee that our hunting, angling, and workshop friends would call an all-dayer. Fud, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You bet. <laughs> Absolutely. You can keep a pot of Whistling Wood Duck on the burner all day and keep visiting for refills. You will not lose your calm, nor will you be up all night counting those... 
Those sheep our parents used to tell us about. <laughs> uh, this is good coffee with a rich, full flavor, and you can even have several cups over the afternoon without paying the price. Every cabin country listener's dream, eh, Fudd? That's right. You betcha. All right. Well, go on out and buy yourself a pound of whistling wood duck today. You'll really enjoy it, and you can keep enjoying it throughout your busy day. And at $7.99 a pound, whistling wood duck won't break the bank either. Try it today, won't you? Do you have any cabin country favorites we could ask? Uh, we should ask, though, if you uh, do you fish. Okay. I know I should fish, and we have fished, but yes. Burnside Lake is a hard lake to fish. It is. There is walleye in it, but it's also a trout lake, so it's super right. deep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Downriggers. I used to work at a sports radio station, and I got invited to the Bass Pro-Am. Ooh. Oh, boy. Wow. And I was in these fast bass boats with these uh, sports figures, right. and I was paired up with, I think I was with Mark Rosen. Oh, wow. And. Uh-huh. We had to, you zoom in your bass boat to your spot and you get your line in the water because your goal is to catch a big fish first. Absolutely. And they had these things that were the lures of the bait. And it was like this weird piece of leathery, slippery thing. And I said, what is that? And it was like fish skin. That was like fermented. And I was supposed to touch that and put it on the hook. And let's just say that experience scarred me for life. And I'm not a big fisher person. You're done. You're done with the angling at this point. uh, Yeah. When our kid was little, we'd catch a few sunnies off the dock. But then I had to like get them off the hook. And that was never fun. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I I feel your pain. I've taken off many a, a fish for very small kids. And. Lucky Fudd gets to take the occasional fish off for me, sadly enough. That's right. I'm, yeah, every I'm now the... and again, he's like, let me help you with that, because you don't know what you're doing. You're Wait a minute, absolutely so right. does, does that make me the dick and you the deer? Maybe. Or are you the well, dick and I'm the deer? Maybe because I won't take off my own fish, I might be the dick. But I, it's, it's you hard guys to will go back and forth, it's... I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you have to trade, true, you know? We true. have to fill in for each other. True. But, uh, well, one th- question I wanted to ask before we go is, uh, when you're on the island, you're still able to... Uh, because I, I saw all kinds of great sunset shots and sunrise shots on Burnside. Oh, a photographer last as well as summer. an author yeah. and a personality. Oh. So you're still able to to post things, and do, do you do you cue in on Jason's show during that during summer as well? So it's kind of funny. I have done a segment from there. The internet is always um, our summer our summer discovery. Sure. Because there's various ways to get the internet. First, it was dial up. Then it was um, through a satellite. Now there is this new technology that there's receivers or responders on various islands that are bouncing some satellite around. Oh, wow. Mm. And we tried it last summer, and it actually works better than the internet on the land place now, which is kind of funny. So, yes, I have, as long as I have TV, computer technology, I can zoom in, and I've done some segments from the lake. I suspect I'll do more. Yeah. Um, people are really curious about the lake and curious about the island. And uh-huh. and it is a really unique thing. We are the only people on it. There is an outhouse. Jason will never come because there's an outhouse. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. He's like, no, thank you. It's wow. a little too rustic, perhaps. A little too, a little rustic. too rustic, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, and so the name of the book that's coming out in September is called? True North Cabin Cookbook. It's being published by the Minnesota Historical Press. Okay, okay. And it is uh, recipes and stories from my Northwoods table, and it kind of talks all about the island and how we how we got there and how we get to town and what we buy when we go to town and oh God, what a yeah, great fun great experience Terrific. great experience and, and an annual one at that so that's and it sounds like it never yes. quite stops because now you've got the the passy property too you can be up there yeah. winterized and oh my so, gosh it, there's something about the island it's just it'll always be the magic place no matter how much time or energy we put into passy road it'll just never be the same right. and when friends and family come, even if they have to camp, even if they have to pitch a tent, yeah. if they can stay on the island, that is their preference. <laughs> I yeah. don't doubt it. That's, it sounds magical. Sounds amazing. And there's, I will say this too, Fudd. There's some amazing just sort of like low-gauge cliff diving off some of those islands. Oh, really? Do you have cliffs oh, on your island? Yeah. Oh, you can yeah. leap. It's, yeah. it's a, like a 25-foot rock that has two different levels. And all of the kids, that's the initiation. When you come to the island, you Absolutely. have to go off the jumping rock. Yep. Oh my god! And yep. there's also the Dead River. I don't know if you ever went up there in a canoe. A lot of people have done it, and I've heard about it a million times. I've resourced up there. I've never led the Dead River. Our cabin actually is right at sort of across from the mouth of it, so we go up there a lot mm-hmm. and canoe. And there's now become this very vigorous beaver population. Oh, there's wow. probably last summer, I think I saw in one trip, we saw like six beavers. <laughs> wow. Yeah, trying to keep you out or kind of felling trees. They're just hanging out. Yeah, it's crazy. Place to be, without a doubt. A lot of nature up there, and a lot of the things coming back. The moose are coming back, and the bear population is very healthy. So wolves are doing well. Yeah, yeah. Terrific. Well, again, thanks so much, oh Stephanie, gosh, for carving yeah. out some time and wish we had a little oh, more yeah. time here. Telling cool. us, solving the mystery, like how, what, what happens up there on the island there that she's yeah. got? That's yeah. how do you so get cool. there? Yeah. How do you yeah, get there? Exactly. We park at Brinside Lodge. We pack our stuff into our Lund. We get into our Lund. We take a two and a half minute boat ride over. We park at the dock, and then we haul our groceries and our bags and everything up a little walkway, and there we are. Wow. You're in. It's time time to put on the flip-flops and relax. Yeah, and I'll make sure you guys send me your address, and I'll make sure when the book comes out that I get you a copy. And feel free to check back in anytime. That'd be great, yeah. I uh, I bet you've got some good stories for us from uh, North Country and possibly other locales in the greater USA, you know? Yes, actually, we have a van a Winnebago van, so we've traveled around in the van quite a bit. Don't have it all painted up like the Partridge family or anything? No, well, we did. We okay. originally had a 1973 Dodge Explorer, X-P-L-O-R. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was called the Wonder Bread Van, and oh, there's an great. Instagram account for it, and we restored <laughs> it. My husband restored it from literally a mouse house, uh-huh. and we took it out three separate times. On the third time taking it across the country, it wasn't very happy and we needed to sell it in Colorado and make a plan B. But we always have very deep fondness in our hearts for oh, the yeah. Wonder Bread van. The Winnebago <laughs> is 
much more reliable, but it's certainly not as cute. Right, right. <laughs> and it, it's pretty big for those roads up around Ely. I'll say that much. Yes. But, uh, hey. Though we do drive it to Dee's bar on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. Well, we thank you so much for joining us. This yeah. Yes, blast. thanks, gentlemen. And hopefully at some point soon we can we can chat again. That'd be super cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love got, it. You've got some time to cut out for us. We'd love it. So great. Okay. Thank you for thank, all your time thanks, and good luck thank on you, the book. Stephanie. And, Keep going, okay. man. Sounds great. Thank you. Bye-bye. And now, Real Adventures of the CCOA, the Cabin Country Outdoors Agents, featuring Officer Torgy Torgerson on his tireless efforts to maintain law and order in the unpredictable wilds of cabin country. Tonight's episode... Skull Island. Early weekday evenings in July. Mondays, Tuesdays. Slow summer days turn into often slower summer evenings. I enjoy these times. Leisurely drives around the Brainerd Lakes area in the truck. The radio on, listening for things other than kids drinking beer on dirt roads or people water skiing in their birthday suits. I've been here long enough that the younger men and women can take those nuisance calls. Me? I'm all about the North Country curiosities. That raccoon who built a den in the garage in the attic off clamshell. That bear who couldn't stay out of the recycling barrels on Pelican. Here's to rinsing out soda and beer bottles, folks. Culvert traps and creative thinking. That's my realm. The new kids can take the birthday suit water ski brigade. Anything going on out there tonight, Torgy? I'm thinking about knocking off for the evening. I'm doing the long haul around Gull Cap. Not much happening. Must be a talent show night or something at some of the big resorts. People aren't out. Not even the local sheriff vehicles are busy with bar departures. Slow. Hope you have an uneventful drive home, Cap. Seems silly to say so, but stay sharp. You never know. It's the absolute slow nights that can erupt. Be good out there. Soon it would be the golden hour. What a great time of day. Bright, lowering sun, shadows getting longer. Cap picked a great time to go home. Nothing better than the dock and a comfortable chair as the sky goes orange gold. My truck was a bit dusty after kicking up trails of dust on the back roads. Now I'm headed back to the main highway on a new layer of tarmac. Many thanks to the Crow Wing County Public Works. A person could rollerblade or skateboard on this new blacktop. Beautiful. And suddenly, radio chatter. Targi, you still out there? Torgerson, over. What you got for me? Over. You're needed on Rush Lake, Torgi. Whitefish chain. Fishermen out there saw something in the water. Moderate depths or so. Looks questionable. Fella sure sounded alarmed. He wants an outdoors agent out there. Stat. Over. Copy that. On route. Over. I took the opportunity to hit the gas pedal a bit. The truck doesn't get many chances to kick it loose, and I had a few miles to go before reaching the Cross Lake area. I won't bore the listener with fire numbers or cabin numbers. It's also a privacy piece on this one. The angler was an older gent who met me on his driveway as I pulled in. He told me, first off, he was not the kind to typically call the authorities. He liked to be rational and take care of problems in-house. This one was a bit different, though. Officer, I don't suffer panic attacks, and I'm not chatting with you through the haze of five beers. Not even two. I can't believe this, though. Why don't you slow down, sir? What's the issue? I don't doubt your sobriety. I have no reason to question your sanity. Tell me what it's all about. I know this lake like the back of my hand, officer. Torgy. Please, call me Torgy. Less formal. Okay, got it. Got it. Torgy. 
I'm trolling for walleye over there on the western shore and in and around some of the islands, you know. It's just super calm out there, as you know. Rush is like glass tonight. So I'm in close to shore by one of those islands watching for stumps in the water. My fish locator is telling me I'm on top of a school. And I, I can't help but to look over the side, you know, in the water on a calm night like this. You know, plenty of light still. But I didn't see any fish, Torgy. I damn near went out of the boat. I quick like put a marker in the GPS. I even sank a weighted marker. But I kid you not, Torgy, I did ten double takes if I did one. So it was either you or the police, and I'm still thinking I should have called the police. Sir, 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 what is the issue here? I came out from Brainerd. A human skull. Right there in the lake over there. It's real. You're sure? Sober as a judge. I checked repeatedly to see if what I was seeing was real. Come on out, have a look. I'd love it if you could tell me I was wrong. We got in the gentleman's 16-foot Starcraft. He fired up the Otscat Water 20 horse on the stern, out from the dock. Fellow did not want his name used, so I'll not use it. He headed straight for the island off his property. He was out around 100 yards from his dock. He pulled in alongside the shoreline and slowed the engine to a trolling speed. We came in alongside the island slowly. We avoided the buoys and markers that indicated rocks and stumps and trolled the water's edge. There was a small float marker. We let the outboard die. Okay, look over to the side now, Torgy. Tell me what you see. I hope I'm wrong, but I know what I think it looks like. I looked over the gunnels of the Starcraft and I peered through the depths. I'd guess the water here was about 15 feet deep. Clear. Some underwater refraction. Things that appeared gray and round. Rocks. Some stumps. Gently waving lakeweed moving in the currents. Yes, by gad, there was something fairly round and grayish-white on the bottom. I got my face closer to the water. The shadows did look like eye sockets, and those sure looked like an upper set of teeth. What the heck was this? I asked the fisherman if he could leave the marker and take me back to his dock. I told my angler friend that I'd be back the next day and he should sit tight. I'd have an agency diver with me tomorrow. It would probably just be Officer Mac McKinney with a snorkeling mask. Well, all right, fella. Uh, Torgy, I'll be waiting for you. I'll have some coffee. I thought about it on the drive back to the agency. Make my report and then do the briefest of background checks on missing persons. Maybe put a call through to the local constabulary. Unsolved deaths or people who have mysteriously disappeared. Might we have found the leftovers of an unsolved crime? If that is the skull it appears to be, who did it belong to and what happened to them? Is there a deeper story here that we can reopen if we check dental records and get an identification? Well, I was one of the last in the office on this Tuesday summer evening. Some of my colleagues had gone home to hit the water in time for prime time, see if a largemouth or maybe a walleye could be pulled from the lake. I turned off the coffee pots, emptied the grounds into the basket, walked over to my desk and filed a quick report on the situation. Local angler on an afternoon troll on Rush Lake sees what appears to be a human skull in the water right offshore of an island in the lake, 10, maybe 15 feet deep in water. Outdoors agent concurs, does appear to be a skull. Dive set for tomorrow morning. Officer Mac McKinney will do the diving. Officer Torgerson to stay with the angler and second McKinney if assistance is needed. 9 a.m. set for the dive. I brought up another tab on my desktop. Local missing persons reports. Recent unsolved violent crimes. Was there anything to be found? The Lakes area is not a small town. There could be plenty of action. As I chased the online records back over time, however, there didn't seem to be much for unsolved crimes, certainly not involving deaths or disappearances. 
and missing people were a rarity around here. Didn't seem to happen. I gave it up after half an hour and decided to call it a day. It sure would be something, though, if this opened up into something bigger. Things could be a bit sleepy around here. Not that that's a bad thing. Wednesday morning picked up right where Tuesday evening left off. Beautiful sunrise, no signs of clouds. Clear blue, sunny. That should make Max dive an easy one. Winds were low too, so there wouldn't be much jockeying the boat around to keep it in position. Just drop anchor, be ready to assist Mac and whatever he needs while he's in the water. It was good to get the new agency boat out on a call. An outboard 200 and a remote-controlled trolling motor up front, which served as a makeshift bow thruster when the surface was a bit active. This was not our concern on a flat, calm day like today. Our angler friend was keyed up. He seemed really excited about what we might find for a backstory with what he was now calling the Rush Lake Skull. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe a bootlegger from back during the Prohibition days. You know, bootlegger, customer who wouldn't pay up. Someone who didn't pay up at one of the local sporting houses back in the day. Could be another victim of that Ojibwe Dakota War on the ice they had. You know, there's that marker over there the state put up on Cross Lake to commemorate the event. Or, you know, maybe the skull migrated from Moonlight Bay, courtesy of the underwater currents. The options were many, all of them exciting. I tried to keep him calm, but I also didn't want to rule anything out. He might be right. All right, Torgi, keep an eye on that anchor rope for me, would you? And take an occasional glance at me, too. All right, I think I'm ready to go over the side. I got my gloves, got my evidence bag. Here we go. Look out below! With that, Mac McKinney was over the side and we watched the sunny wave patterns as he kicked toward the lake floor. What a beautiful morning. A pale moon still hanging on in the morning sky. Cloudless. And yet we were a bit anxious over whose head was about to emerge from the lake floor of Rush Lake. For what it was worth, my money was riding on a missing person from the bootlegger era. Northern Minnesota was a great hangout for career criminals on the lam. The Prohibition era saw many a bootlegger or bank robber heading north. Max seemed to be taking his time and was only kitted out with a snorkel and a mask. Bubbles and splashes broke the surface as Max's head broke the surface of the water. I'll be right back up with the evidence. I hope you two have done your homework. We may need to make a trip to the county records office when I bring it up. Got it, Mac. Good luck. I wasn't sure what McKinney was getting at. If I was a betting man, I'd say he had a bit of a wry grin on his face beneath that snorkel mask. Down he went again, and as he aimed straight for the skull, my angler colleague mentioned that Mac didn't seem to be using the evidence bag. From our surface vantage point, it appeared McKinney was grabbing the skull barehanded. Up he came again. He got his head above the surface and began swimming toward the boat. Mac grabbed the ladder and hauled himself aboard with his prize. He seemed to be holding the object behind his back. He wasn't scowling, but the look on his face was all business. Gentlemen, I'm not sure what event or crime our suspect was party to, but let me introduce you to our victim. With that, Mac produced the evidence object from behind him. The skull was a water-aged white plastic gallon jug. Mac let out a belly laugh. (laughs) Men, our victim used to sit in a cooler and hold 2% homogenized milk. I'll give you my assurance that I was with you when I first saw this over the edge of the boat. It still looked like a human skull as I kicked toward it underwater, but as soon as I got within reach, I could see it for what it was. The shadow had disappeared, and I pushed away the silt, and I could grab it right by the handle. Suddenly, I had a powerful hankering for a cold glass of milk. (laughs) (laughs) We all had a hearty laugh, and my angler associate insisted that I not use his name on anything other than an official agency report. 
He even requested that Mac and I not mention this at the office, if at all possible. We told him we'd do our best and encourage our colleagues to be professional about it. From the surface, that milk jug really did look like a human skull. He did the right thing. He shouldn't feel bad about it. As we talked through the situation on the boat, Max sun-dried and got his agency sweats back on. We brought our angler back to his dock on Rush and thanked him for being a concerned citizen. We got the boat back to the public landing after radioing ahead for a pickup. We got the boat on the trailer and called into the agency to let them know we'd be back shortly. Mac couldn't help himself as he grabbed the radio. Oh, wait a minute, though. We'll have to stop for some milk. (laughs) (laughs) We'd like to thank anonymous contributor Big Roy and his paddling partner brother-in-law for this true outdoor agency story. While the event did occur, the lakes, boat brands, and characters in the story were changed so as to ensure anonymity. Any similarities between actual persons and events in like situations are completely accidental. Join us again for another exciting story on Real Stories of the Cabin Country Outdoors Agents. This has been a CCN production. Hey, well, thanks for hanging out with us here in Cabin Country. Uh, It's been great having uh, Stephanie. Stephanie Hansen. Stephanie Hansen with us and talking about that amazing sounding place. Uh, Your own personal island out there in Burnside. That's really cool. Pretty amazing. And then she's got the other property. Right. Yep. Passy Road. Right across. I know it well. Very cool. There it is. You bet. Up there since the 70s and having barbecue ribs and... (laughs) And a lot of them from the sounds of Yes, <laughs> yes. Without a doubt. Oh, it's just fun to meet another person who knows Ely so well. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, tales of Ely's past and the True North Cabin Cookbook. Looking forward to that coming out. Can't wait to Stories check and out recipes those recipes from, yeah. from the lands of cabins and islands and yes. big water. It's cool. That's super cool. It's great, great to have her on tonight. That was a lot of fun. What's the future going to hold for us, Fudd? What do we, what well, do we think? Well, you know, we've been talking about visiting the studio of the White Sidewalk. White Sidewalk. Under the glow of St. Paul's number one. Right. Right here in our backyard. I've been talking with Gino, and uh, mm-hmm. we had a weekend lined up, but then that uh, fell through. Not but to I, be. But it's coming up soon. It's just, this is their, their off period here. Okay. They've been at it for 50 years. 50 years. Rocking and rolling. Rock and roll. To the oldies. And... Um, but I can't can't wait. It's it's such a cool this little basement in this small yeah. house in yeah. oh yeah in St. Paul. It's all, great. all the all the instruments and recording equipment they need and posters from all their years oh, on the wow. road and just a lot a lot of fun. Those guys are pros. Sounds good. And they know a lot about just everything musical, you know. Right. So it's that's going to be a lot of fun. So hopefully that's around the corner, you know, as we look into uh, the melting snow here, or look forward to the melting snow and possible sixties this Sunday, Fudd. And I'm oh boy, enough of a vintage Minnesotan to say I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> right? I'll yes. Believe it when I see well, it. Well, that's what they say. But, yeah, uh, you've said that that could happen. However, you just well, speaking never of know. believe it when I see it, we've got some fabulous new Cabin Country stickers here, Fudd. That's right, we do. They're designed by Larry Sickman of Lake Supply Co. 
They're pretty darn cool. You, I guess they'd be called avatars of Bjorn and Fudd. I guess so. Yes, indeed. And uh, Bjorn's, you're kind of resembling Harry Carey a little bit. Maybe there. a little bit. That's all right. That's all right. That's what the a picture young, a looked youngish like. Harry yeah. Carey. That's right. That's right. A young, good-looking That's right. Harry Carey. Uh, younger, um, better-looking. How would somebody who listens to Cabin Country acquire get one, of these, one of these great stickers? Well, stickers, Fudd. All, all you have to do is just write us at cabincountrypod at gmail. You bet. Dot com and say, hey, give me one of those stickers, you guys, and uh, I'll send you one. And can you send us two pounds of mitts whistling wood duck? <laughs> that could be challenging, but uh, the sticker, without a doubt. Yes, a doubt. right. No questions asked. Just slap that on the bumper or the transom of your boat. Well, at any rate, thanks again, especially all you diehards who hold out to the last minute of the cabin stick with us to the cabin screen door bitter end slapping shut we appreciate <laughs> that yeah Stephanie Hansen yes thanks again Stephanie she's great having her on the show and we'll uh, top off the last of our coffees here and bid you adieu as the cabin door slams shut and we'll look for you next time on Cabin Country are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 